welcome to Soil Sessions. I'm your host, Kiki, and with me is Cord. How you doing, Cord? I'm alive. It's just the two of us. It's so weird. Just the two of us. Talking about plants in the sky. Yeah, okay, it doesn't quite go. <laughs> you tried. I did. You tried. And JC said he doesn't like plants. Yet. Yeah, but he likes to eat. Yeah. So... That's the main thing that got me into it. I was like, hmm, I like food, and I don't like spending money. Well, then gardening's not for you. <laughs> yeah. I, again, again, let's establish it up top. This was my first year attempting gardening. <laughs> and boy, howdy, did I realize that that second part was not so true. <laughs> <laughs> so to give you some background, actually, perfect time. I've been growing plants since I was a kid. I even worked for a landscaper back in the day. Yeah, so we've always had a vegetable garden here when I was a kid and we had gardens, mostly flowers and things like that at my grandparents' house. I recently had an opportunity though to basically pull the plug on the back lawn here at the family homestead and we're going to go full gardens, vegetables, fruit this year, flowers and herbs and cord is relatively new to gardening so if you're listening right now to get tips as a new gardener he'll be following along with you on your journey i am armed only with the advice that my mama hath given me about how to grow plants i have zero experience whatsoever <laughs> but the fun part is with plants it, it is relatively inexpensive to get started and that's the good news and you're right. Even if you don't have a great first year, there's nothing quite like planting something and then going to pick it for the first time. Even if it's just a like a little basil leaf. It's still like you grew that. You know, you made that happen. I was so stoked. And it was the first thing that came up. And it was the first thing I planted in the ground. I was so stoked to get my little plastic cup full of radishes out of the garden. I was like, this is the fucking best thing <laughs> ever and then nothing else <laughs> at all <laughs> nothing and we'll get into that in a moment um <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it so some of you probably know if you've been listening to us for a while that i'm a heathen i've changed calling myself an eclectic witch because i jokingly was calling myself a garbage witch but you know whatever i still think that's funny but so i'm also going to be talking a little bit about magical properties of some of the plants and some of the things that we discover and talk about might surprise you. This is the very first segment of Soil Sessions and we're going to be putting these out kind of randomly to be honest with you because this one is the beginning because if you're in zone 6b like we are then the week that this airs is going to be the week that you start planting some of these seeds. So we thought we'd go ahead and put this out now so that you can listen to it and you know, hey, if you want to start gardening, this is the week to do it, baby. Yep. Cord, you had your first garden this past summer. So how are you handling that? Is that, are you digging in the ground? Or are you doing the raised beds? My first year, which was last summer, I had a little raised bed because my uncle had left one in our gardening area, but most of mine was straight in the ground. This year that might change depending on the wood prices by the time I get to it. The stuff that actually grew was in the raised bed. I, I will probably at least be trying to do more of that this year. Okay. So how much land 
ish do you are you looking at you have a pretty small backyard or yeah my space is limited and my garden is very very limited unless i intentionally expand it a couple feet out from the from the side of a shed so i i'm not planting rows and rows of corn here (laughs) that is the one thing corn we gotta talk we'll talk about corn because that's not gonna be this week but i have had nothing but trouble in actually trying to grow corn in our area i think you and i've only seen a few photographs so but you don't seem to have a whole lot of trees around you you get pretty good sunlight most of the day right yeah we have at least a good half of the day before you know the sun is overtaken by the side of the shed i think the the garden was specifically put in that part of the yard because it was one of the few parts of the yard that does get a lot of sun gotcha so i live in a highly wooded area and in the spring, the first thing I have to do is take down some limbs from a couple of trees because things got pretty grown over from the last time that I really paid any attention out here. And when I first moved back home, this one area that, that used to get full sunlight, I had all these pretty flowers and I was trying to do a bee garden. And I had posted that on Instagram under my real name. And I was so excited and and then everything died. And I was like, what is going on? And it was so shady from one single maple tree having just grown kind of over that I didn't realize I was only getting a little bit of sun in the morning. And then it was going almost completely shade for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So that fucker is getting torn down <laughs> in a few months. <laughs> I don't want to actually kill it, but I got to cut that branch back. We also have beech trees here, which are kind of a pain in the ass. They have a lot of low branches. So some of those are going, you know, all the ash trees are dying. So that kind of sucks because there's a lot of debris everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the other one is, but it's got a couple of low lying ones. So I don't have, thank goodness, I don't have a ton of that kind of work to do come spring. And I'm doing all raised beds because if we can, we cannot dig down. We live on basically the top of a mountain and it's nothing but rock, just Rock, rock, rock. A lot of quartz, which the witchiness in me is like, this is fantastic. I can go outside and just dig up quartz. (laughs) But terrible if you're trying to actually grow anything. For sure, for sure. So did you do a raised bed? Like, was was the the soil and everything already in it for you? Yeah, I I mixed in a little fertilizer boost, but that's it. We have a compost pile, but it was uh, practically non-existent last year, so... Uh, start rotating that and all that. Make sure that's up and running before I start using it. And that, yeah, that's something that we should have here. We might get into that later. <laughs> like, <laughs> easy way to build a compost pile. Um, yeah. Some of the places I used to work at when I was younger, they had a lot of money. They could afford these giant tumblers, and all you had to do is go out there and just turn it a few times a day. Whenever you really? added something new, and yeah, I mean they were huge though, and they but they had gardens that were like over an acre so we only have a total of a half acre and the house is built on it but i'm gonna have a significant amount of garden when i get done (laughs) it's gonna be ridiculous did you start your seeds indoors last year or did you just go ahead and put them right in the ground so here's the thing i started gardening kind of before i talked to my mom i started putting stuff in stuff and it was like i got half of my stuff planted indoors and then talked to my mom about what I wanted to have in the garden. She went, Oh, well you did this like completely opposite 
of all the stuff that I put indoors to start, I should have just put straight in the ground and all the other stuff I was planning on doing, I should have started indoors. Like I, I literally did it opposite. I'm like, man, I already fucked up. She's like, it's all right. You just won't have it as early, but you know. So yeah, I, I did start planting stuff indoors. Is it, I just planted the wrong thing. Is this? I put parsley inside. I started okay. and peppers. Okay. I put beans inside, which you can put those straight in the fucking ground. Yes. I did carrots, which is a big, you put it straight in the ground thing. And I think there's something else, but I'm not remembering at this moment. The big one was my mom was like, dude, you cannot transplant carrots. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what I'm doing. Wait until I get into carrots. I'm going to blow your mind. Because my mind was also blown. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. And some of these plants, like I said, we're gonna do deeper dives in, into some of them. This is kind of our like ramp up. Yep. Uh, carrots is definitely one that has a some great traditions with it and some fascinating stories that uh, that I discovered. So, so I'll tell you my personal setup for indoor right now. I've got a small. I think it has six shelves altogether. Greenhouse. I forgot to count them uh it's it's sad because it's like right outside the door to the studio that i'm recording in currently but whatever i'm <laughs> not getting up um <laughs> like it's like right there if the door was open i might be able to see it i'm pretty sure it has six shelves i i got it from amazon i think i only spent like 50 bucks on it it did not come with an led light system i bought that separate i bought two of them and i can link those in non not paid or anything i'm not you know not sponsoring them. But if you're wondering how much things cost. So my greenhouse setup is like 50 bucks for the for the greenhouse itself. And then two LED lights, they're $26 a piece, including the tax in Pennsylvania. The LED lights are better because they don't give off a lot of heat, which is what you want for your colder winter plants like right now, the ones I'm going to tell you about today. I also use soil pellets that I buy from Amazon and like bulk like 100 at a time and have my plastic trays that I put them in. I also have peat pots, which <laughs> are great when you need to put a plant in it that doesn't like to get transplanted. Okay. And I'll get into that in a minute. So for some of the transplants, I do use plastic containers, like larger ones, uh, like a three inch to four inch container, which again, I'll tell you about why. Outside, we've got raised beds and a tiered garden that's kind of held back by natural wood. So all the sticks and everything that I take down, I just kind of like um, I'm using sort of a waddle type fencing. So my UK people, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. It looks really cool and very like part of the natural setting. In mm. that garden, I'm going to be doing a tea garden, like a witchy type garden, a goth garden. It's also where I'm going to be putting my peas and my zucchini to let it grow up and possibly watermelon. I'm not sure. I got tons of pumpkins I want to try this year. And I have, don't let me forget, I have a tip about pumpkins and zucchini and butternut squash and acorn squash that I'm going to tell you guys, too. Especially when we talk about what happened to Cord. Yeah. <laughs> um, and since I do live right next to the woods, oh, before I forget, the raised garden, I bought those off of Amazon, too. There's one that's like a three tier and there's a couple other ones I'm using for square foot gardening. I also bought the nice little square foot planner. You put it like on top of the ground and then it has like a little stick that you can put the holes through so you know exactly how many carrots, radishes, lettuce, tomato plant, whatever. It all looks very 
neat and orderly and it's always exactly the right spacing. I love this thing. The above ground, the way I do it is there's cardboard underneath to make sure that nothing comes up from underneath as far as weeds go. We have a really bad Japanese grass situation here. I I think it's called jade grass. It just, oh my God, it's hard to get rid of. So I've got cardboard, then some landscaping fabric stapled on the inside just to make sure that everything stays in there nice and neat. A layer of sticks. Anything that I can't use as wattle for the the tiered garden or anything I can't use for fencing, which I'll get into in a minute, then that goes in the bottom. And then hay and then my soil. So you've got good drainage with your fabric underneath, right? But you're not going to lose a lot of soil in case, because I have a little bit of a slope and I'm trying to trying to fix that. Just on the one, I have a bit of a slope down. So it should work really well. And then I've always used sort of that layering effect because that's actually what I know to be a Scandinavian way of doing it, which I think now people are like realizing you don't have to fill your entire raised bed with just soil because that's expensive as fuck. Yeah, I know. I I one of the big things that I wanted to do this year was look into deterring weeds as much as possible just because I have a I believe it's spearmint problem. Uh-huh. I think I think my uh-huh. I want to say either my grandmother planted spearmint for tea, I believe, like iced tea, and mm-hmm. if I don't stand out there and stare at my garden all day, it will completely <laughs> just Within hours, it can take over the whole area. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. A tiny bit of exaggeration, but it does feel that way. Yes. Yeah. It's like one day I'm looking at it and everything's nice and neat. And then the next day, it just feels like the whole thing completely grew in with freaking mint plants. <laughs> yeah. So one of the ways that I've combated that, I'll just tell you right now since you're talking about it i have chocolate mint and i have spearmint and just a regular like peppermint probably what you probably have if it was planted specifically for tea just the straight up like you know no fancy just peppermint yep i keep those on the deck as far away from the actual garden as possible in pots yeah now cat mint and bee balm are also like that they will spread very quickly on their own. And I had originally, now this this is a, this is funny and this is something we're about to talk about. I planted those specifically because the internet told me that those things would help deter deer from getting into your shit. Yeah, and I don't think that's not. the case. Cause... It did not. No, they could not care less yeah. about it. And they continue to eat my daylilies, which, so let me tell you how I'm combating deer because i do love them but they also suck yeah and i just got done telling you that i live in a place where i can't dig down yep. so i am building a natural wood fence around the entire garden area that has anything to do with either vegetable or my flowers that are expensive like my daylilies are like 50 dollars a piece some of them so i never get to see them because they get eaten deer suck they absolutely love daylily buds they will just come down and eat it from above so you can tell it just got just chomped right off they're very sweet tasting to them they absolutely love them so i am using rock jacks on the corners and in certain sections where i'm going to have a longer like i have more footage to come in at and they've been working out really well so i built three rock jacks 
I started the fence on the one side and I stopped because of two reasons. One, I wasn't sure exactly how much I wanted to incorporate of the fencing into the garden area. Right. And two, I didn't want to go through this using the sticks and like creating sort of a upright waddle fencing without testing it first. <laughs> and so far, it has withstood hurricane force winds, torrential downpours, and now snow. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's the best way to do it when you can't dig too far down. And the jacks, I've got tons of rock. So why not use it? So it holds that in place and then you can just build from there. And the fence becomes stronger and stronger as you go. It's not costing me anything except my time. And uh, I am using outdoor screws for certain larger pieces of wood to really, you know, screw them in there, make sure it's not going anywhere. And so far, the first side, it's worked really well. So fuck them deer. I have some lofty plans on how I want to set up my garden, but it will definitely <laughs> involve essentially surrounding the entire thing is in a big old fence because last year I also loved deer, but they became my worst fucking enemy. <laughs> yes. You are now you are now enemy numero uno deer, so watch the fuck out for me. You will not take my beans this year. <laughs> <laughs> will not, will not take my beans. Now, what's interesting is um, I attempted to have container gardens as much as possible. We have a rather large deck, which unfortunately needs to get fixed. And oh, we were just talking about the prices for wood right now. It's ridiculous. This is like the end of January of 2022 and wood is still so expensive. Yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while. But yeah, last time I went to look a two by four was like four dollars. And I'm like, whoa, that was like a dollar thirty last year. What the shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so like a two by six currently of like decent wood is six dollars and eighty eight cents. Uh, Yeah, where it was maybe like two something, you know, so yeah. it's a, a bit more expensive. And I'm, as far as the raised beds and purchasing them outright and they're easy to put together i just found some on amazon and i just ordered them that way they were maybe 50 bucks a piece on sale i hit springtime sale and i think we spent 160 bucks for all three of them so i'll be getting a couple more of those interesting yeah just for ease of putting them together and the fact that wood is expensive right now i just i've had an idea for raised beds since we're on the subject i've had uh -huh. an idea for raised beds given to me by a guy that I liked to watch on YouTube because yes. he lived in Australia. So he had a whole bunch of really cool stuff growing. But it's going to be extremely expensive, I think, to put in. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember for the life of me what the channel is called. So I apologize for that. They made really big, tall beds. And they put tree limbs on the bottom to keep the soil the nutrients keep coming up through the soil because of the rotting wood. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. And they, yep. it, their beds were probably like three, four feet tall, and they, they surrounded it all with the wood, and then they put like the metal siding around it to like really reinforce everything. They're like such tall beds. But with that, you can plant smaller plants, and they will grow at a point where you won't even have to kneel down to deal with them at all you literally just stand up and weed your garden i was like hell yes <laughs> so yes. i have 
I have exploding knees. I hate kneeling down to do anything. So I was like, I'm going to build really tall beds. And then the price of wood quadrupled. <laughs> I was yeah. like, maybe I won't this year. <laughs> yeah. So just to let people know, there are alternatives to that. Because I, I personally want to stay with the wood if I can. Just because of the setup that I have. But you can pick up fabric raised beds on on Amazon if you choose. Yeah, there's the fabric beds. Some of them actually have the four sections already sectioned off for you. They are not going to last as long. That's my only thing with fabric is that it, it really isn't going to last as long. The other thing to do if you're in a super tight budget, and I've done this myself, go down to the dollar store, get yourself some plastic waste baskets. Yes. And then just drill holes in the bottom for your drainage. Don't forget to do that because you need proper drainage. For the longest time, we had to have container gardens. Tried to grow beans and tomatoes. And I was successful with lettuce, not successful with beans at all. Even though some of them are labeled as container, they did not grow. All my basils, all of my my chives come back every year. My sage comes back every year. My oregano comes back every year in a container eggplant and quite a few of like super hot pe- peppers like buchalaca, thai hots tabasco peppers poblanos mm-hmm. i've had a lot of success with those not that much success with bell peppers right tomatoes were okay i did everything right i had super good drainage i put rocks in the bottom i got the tall containers from lowe's or if you prefer home depot whatever you get the same same deal. It's like the big empty paint canister type things from Lowe's. Drill holes in the bottom, put rock in the bottom, then a little bit of sticks, then your soil. And I've gotten tomatoes to grow, especially like the little baby ones for salad. So here's the thing, though. Do you know why my beans, for example, didn't work out? Or even my carrots this past year, which I was really pissed off because I was growing fairy carrots, they call them the little miniature carrots, in big containers. Right. Fucking chipmunks. Those little bastards. They're living under the deck and they were coming up and digging in all of them and just digging out the beans before they even started growing. Oh. Yeah. And eating the, yeah. (sighs) That would have probably made me more mad. Because I was watching (laughs) them do it. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) God damn it. And I was so mad. And then I tried to grow them again. And I was like, this is this past year, for whatever reason, the chipmunks were just going crazy. There was too many of them. And maybe there wasn't enough food source. I don't know. I tried putting different things out, but they kept going right back to certain containers that had those plants in them. I was catching half-eaten tomatoes like as if they'd been picked right off of the (laughs) off of the vine right yeah yeah so chipmunks squirrels deer raccoons not that much and we had a family of foxes that hang out here and they were not here that much last season and i'm just wondering if that is why i had more chipmunks (laughs) (laughs) and more squirrels (laughs) Because, you know, my predators weren't around as much as they normally were. So it's it's a challenge. It's those are the challenges faced whether you're doing a container garden or not. So Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I love the animals. I think chipmunks are absolutely adorable, but um How do you eat my beans? That's... Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. When they start eating like all your food that you took so much time and energy to put into to create it and get it going. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bitch. Yep. Looking at you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I like when the, with the fence that I'm currently building is I've got some really cool shaped sticks that they're bent a little bit at the tops and I've been cutting them down specifically to be pointed outward. So deer can get fucked like (laughs) (laughs) it's all those all those lord of the rings and dnd playing i'm just like point those pointy sticks outward they'll not want to like you know put their little heads over it they can't get through i'm i'm determined to uh to just stop it so tip number one fence obviously tip number two there are little cages that you can purchase and little like cloches that you can like put over top of your stuff. You can even do homemade cages pretty easily. I have a giant roll of screen for replacing screens and screen doors. There you go. It's a screen like 40, 40 times. It's great. I can't screen, wait screen, to edit screen, that. Screen. Yeah. Screen, 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 screen. And I took a tomato cage and I put that over top of my huckleberries, for example, which I did grow successfully in containers, but they would have been much better if they'd been out in the open. Sure. Because there just wasn't enough room for all of them. Right. And I just put that over top of it and put the screen over that and like weighed it down. And that kept the birds out because the birds were starting to eat the huckleberries. And I was like, God damn it. Mm. The other thing you can do, you guys probably might know that any, any, most vegetables, say most vegetables that you eat have seeds in them. So you don't have to go purchase seeds. For example, I made a butternut squash soup the other day. I put all the butternut seeds out of it, dried them out, washed them off dry them out. I can use those. I can plant those and get butternut squash. I don't need to go buy more seeds, right? Right. The other nice thing is that you can find a place a little bit far, like farther away from your garden area that you're really taking care of and sort of grow things specifically for the wilderness. So I've seen several people do this and I have two areas, one in the front of the yard and one out back that will probably get enough sunlight to where I'm going to try to grow butternut squash, some acorn squash, maybe some pumpkins. And those are for the animals. Just let them have it. Yeah. Like possibly trying to deter them from having, you know, path of least resistance type thing. Like if it's there, it's outside the fence or it's like out front where the, the deer walk right through this area, whether they're coming or going, I'm like, there you go here. This is for you guys. This is your garden. Have at it. Whatever grows there, take it. I don't care. Stay the fuck away from my beans. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from my really expensive hot peppers that for some reason, some of you fuckers like to eat. I don't understand it. All right. So we are in zone 6B. The information I'm about to give you guys will be the same info no matter what part of the world you're in some of it especially planting season for example is going to have to be adjusted according to whether you live in a colder or warmer climate so keep that in mind so most of the tips you can use in general some of them are going to be very specific to just here right as i said we're going to focus on what we can grow indoors right now last week of january 6B gang. (laughs) 6B gang. Hashtag 6B. These are also plants that have a longer germination rate. Keep that in mind. And in case you don't know what that means, germination is the sprouting of a seed or other reproductive body 
Usually after a period of dormancy, that period for you, my dear gardener, would be when you stick it in the dirt. Then you wait and wait and wait (laughs) and wait some more. So the first one I'm going to talk about real quick is growing onions, because I personally have never grown onions and I'm going to try this method this year. These guys uh, take a solid eight weeks to get going. So best to start them indoors now. Interesting. I also did not know that there were different varieties of onion in that. Because yeah. yeah, again, never grown them before. So this is a journey for me too. <laughs> Intermediate day, short day, and long day varieties. Uh-huh. I was like, what does all that mean? Well, in the United States, you really only have to focus on intermediate day varieties because they're going to work for most gardeners, whether you're in like zone five through six. Uh, Long day variety is best for zone six in general and anything that's in a colder region. So our northern neighbors. And I went to the trouble of putting together a decent list of eight different varieties and where you can get them. So the big one is called the Walla Walla Sweet Onion, and that's a definitely Zone 6 and, and North. That one's sold by several companies. It's just a general name, Walla Walla Sweet. Anywhere from Burpee to, I think, Gurney's has them. And I'll also give you some tips on buying seeds this time of year, too. Fairy Morse is another one that usually comes up. So Fairy Morse and Burpee around here are pretty popular. You're going to see those in a Walmart or a Target. Burpee is actually a... Uh, Philly area company that sells seeds and my grandmother used to work for them back in the day before they closed the plant down that was outside Philly so I'm not exactly sure where the plant is now but that one's officially been closed so so I do like Burpee and obviously I'm not getting sponsored by them but I will tell you the companies that I absolutely love based on germination rates and how well they treat their customers so we got Walla Walla Sweet we have Giant Red Hamburger That is a burpee seed company only, I believe. I could not find that name anywhere else other than from them. A candy hybrid. Now, burpees has those gurneys and park seed. Weathersfield Red Onion is is from Baker's Creek, one of my favorite companies of all time. Mm. The evergreen long white bunching onion, that is what you would call a green onion. Like we would know that in the cooking business as a green onion. They're, They're... Several companies sell a variety of that. Bianca DiMaggio Onion from Mary's Heirloom Seeds and also uh, Mary's Heirloom's Southport Red Globe Onion. So you've got a decent array to choose from right off the bat of just not having to do the research for the ones that work the best in this area. So you're talking like Zone 6 and colder. Those are your onions to try. I will have to look for those. Again, I tried I tried growing onions last year. I pulled one onion out of my garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also didn't know that there are two different ways that onions can come. <laughs> oh. So this method comes from Jessica Walliser from Savvy Gardening Blog. And what I'll most likely do is... Um, tag or that particular post in but i'll also put like this list if i if i have a list of anything i think i'm just going to put them on the patreon for you guys it's a lot easier and it looks really nice and it can or, or i could put them on the website but either way this is stuff that's going to be free 
for you to access on Patreon. It's just kind of like go there, follow us. You don't have to be a paying member kind of thing. Interesting. There are onion sets and then there's onion seeds. So I was debating on getting onion sets. These basically look like little mini onions that you put right into the ground. But Jessica's method is using the seeds and doing something called winter sowing. And you can do this with just recycled material that you have around the house. For example, a plastic lettuce container is probably one of the best things because it has holes in the bottom of it. So that your drainage is like already there. Again, you could go to the dollar store, grab yourself some Tupperware-ish type thing. As long as it has a lid on it, you're good. And you could just make some holes in the bottom of the container. That's like three or four of them, about a half an inch wide for your drainage. On the lid part, you would also make a couple of half inch wide ventilation holes. You put in your potting soil, about three inches of it. So at least have a container that's probably like four inches ish, four to five inch tall, mm -hmm. which is why I say like the plastic containers with the lid that your spinach or whatever comes in sometimes or the organic stuff, it's perfect. And then you're just using recycled material. So you put your three inches of potting soil in there and then you just sprinkle your onion seeds on top. You can do it casually if you want to, or you can space them out about a quarter to a half inch apart. If you're like me, uh, use a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> OCD potting. And then you just cover the seeds lightly with a sprinkling of potting soil. Water that really well. Put the lid on it. Put a label on it <laughs> so that you know why this plastic container is sitting outside. Otherwise, someone might actually throw it away by accident. Like, I don't know, husband maybe? <laughs> or wife, depending on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and put it in a shady but sort of protected area outdoors. Some people will pull like their picnic table under the eaves during the wintertime. Jessica does that. She just puts hers like on that table out of the way. I have an enclosed area out back where we have like a an awning type deal where our grill is. I'm probably just going to leave them out there because then they're underneath, they're protected. You basically just leave them out there. That's it, man. Doesn't matter about freezing cold, your snow, doesn't matter. They just sit out there for like eight weeks <laughs> until spring. <laughs> until it is time. Yeah, seeds will be fine. And then they will know, and this is the cool part about winter sowing like this, they will know when it's time for them to sprout. And they will. I'll do a video on it, put it up on all the places that I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so herbs though, you can get some herbs started right now. Late January is perfect for basil or basil. For basil. Listeners. <laughs> I, I, I listen to too much Gordon Ramsay stuff. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I, I I'm sorry. I love Gordon Ramsay. He's amazing. I, he's probably like one of the only celebrity chefs that I actually understand. <laughs> where he's coming from with a lot of stuff yep. so basil basil oregano or it was oregano we say oregano did they say oregano i believe i don't know <laughs> um i know thyme chives and parsley and you mentioned parsley earlier yes you can get those started inside under your grow lights right now now chives and parsley you can put those in now because they're actually colder weather herbs so they can go in a little bit earlier than everybody else can. The basil, oregano, thyme, they just take a long time to germinate. So you want to kind of get them started. And as someone who's grown so many varieties of basil, we're going to do a whole 
episode just on each one of these, actually. But basil alone, I have tried so many t- varieties. It's insane. And I bought more varieties this year. <laughs> I can't wait to yeah. share with you guys. It's insane. It's great. And I'm also a cook. So ex-chef so when it comes to these flavors and flavor profiles i'm like oh my god i just i love it all of it side note because i did talk i did say about uh time so my go-to's for seeds in general i said burpees baker's creek heirloom seeds uh, i think it's i think rareseeds.com is what that's under that's their company mary's heirloom seeds have been great trade winds fruit wins plural w-i-n-d-s i'll have all these down for you guys but trade wins fruit they deal with more than just fruit they have a tremendous amount of fruit like if you're in a tropical zone or you're like down in florida georgia i think even south carolina might count too yeah the the amount of tropical fruit plants that they have available it's amazing the other company that i was going to try out just based on really good reviews is uh, Botanical Interests, I believe that one's called. And then one that I just ordered from for the first time ever is called 99 Cent Heirlooms. Not a whole lot to choose from, but but they did have quite a bit that I was, at, especially for lettuce, different varieties of lettuce. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 99 cents. And then I think it's like $3 shipping. So no matter where you are in the United States super super cheap to get heirloom seeds one of the things that i like about baker's creek they're kind of my number one right now it's their customer service it's the way that they mark things i had an issue with thyme last year and i actually had an issue with um some of my basil it was from ghana uh never never grown it before but when i got it right on the package it says little stamp on there due to low germination rates they have put double the quantity of seeds in there yeah so i wound up the ghana basil actually came up perfectly after i reseeded i kind of went through a few weeks of keeping an eye on it and when i realized it wasn't coming up i was like okay well they did say low germination so i'll go ahead and put another batch in right did the same thing for the time the time did not do well at all and when it did come up it was so pathetic i was like what is this this is terrible even now i brought it inside and it's like just two little stringy strands and i'm like <laughs> we're done we're done with this time it can't for whatever reason it didn't grow and, and it's okay because you know what if i spend 30 dollars at baker's creek which i usually easily do <laughs> and only two dollars and 50 cents of it is a problem i'm okay with that like that's really good as far as everything coming up uh, every everything else i've ever had from that and especially hot peppers their variety of hot peppers is ridiculous they got it all. Carolina Reapers, Buchalaka flavors. I got chocolate Buchalaka, which is just a brown one. Anyway. Interesting. I digest. <laughs> <laughs> you can also start lettuce seeds this week if you want to. You could have started lettuce last week, like the week of the 15th. But you would have to have a cold frame for lettuce. I am lazy. I do not want to build a cold frame. <laughs> What is a cold frame? It is a device that you, you you build around your raised bed or your bed. Mostly I've seen these for raised beds. Right. That acts as a miniature greenhouse. I see. Right. So okay. it's a, it can be a very simple type 
structure. Some people just put like a sheet over top, especially for lettuce. It doesn't grow very tall. You just put like a, a sheet of plastic over top of it. Like they'll, they'll take the plastic and, and put it inside of just a, a simple wooden frame that you can make yourself. Then you just put that on top. It keeps it as much of the heat in as possible. Because right. lettuce does like cold weather, but it doesn't here. It's not going to like it. <laughs> it, cold li- it likes cold weather, but it doesn't like like cold weather. Yes. <laughs> it definitely doesn't love cold weather. Yeah. They're just friends. They're not like in this area. They're kind of like yeah, cold means actual cold. <laughs> Strictly platonic relationship. Between yeah. Lettuce and the cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so if you start them now, these little fuckers are gonna, are going to be in here for like eight weeks. So, do not plant them in two inch pots because that will not be large enough. Do not plant them in little tiny pods that will not be large enough. You need to start them in three to four inch pots to transplant them in about four weeks outside. Or you can, if you are container gardening, you can go ahead and transplant them right into a larger pot. Like I said, I have done that. Most of the time, though, I direct sow for lettuce. Right. This year, I am going to try this. I am. And lettuce also doesn't mind a little bit of shade. You can check your packages of lettuce. So the ideal temp, for example, for my Merlot lettuce, which I'm going to try for the first time, it's 60 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. It is frost hardy, and it only requires four hours of sunlight on the low side. I have a raised bed that we were trying to plant beans in for the longest time, but I kept saying there's too much shade now. The the trees have grown too high. However, with only about four to six hours of direct sunlight, I think the lettuce is going to just be like awesome over there. It's going to just thrive. Swiss chard can also go in this week, last week of January. You're going to be putting that out in March. Again, most likely under some kind of protection though but you can start it early if you want to that way you're going to get something by early spring like you're going to have your lettuce and swiss chard like super early but it's going to be yummy you know the question here is though do i talk about kale because i mean you do you if you want to start kale go right ahead but quite frankly i'm sick of it sick to (laughs) death of kale i was never a fan of kale but it is good in certain situations I don't eat kale regularly enough to ever warrant really growing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's another slow grower that you can do inside. I kind of treat the Swiss chard and the kale uh, and the lettuce on the same level of like, I started to start those in containers that are a little bit larger than a pod. Yeah. I don't mind kale as far as it's an interesting shape when it grows. And I also like to think a little bit outside the box sometimes with the way that I've been growing things. Like people are like, oh, this is my flower garden. Oh, this is my vegetable garden. Well, you can grow kale like in between some other things. It'll still look really cool. If you eat it, great. If you don't, maybe it's food for somebody else. So, hey, you know, I'll throw yeah. that out there too. <laughs> so the last vegetable that I'm going to talk about and We are going to do a whole episode just on carrots because the varieties and I want to go into like the successes that I've had with it, but you can start them now 
and you can start them inside because they are a cold weather plant. Here's what I'm going to do. Now, I was watching a guy talk about this. I, I, you were talking about your dude on YouTube and the Australian. And I'm like, yeah, I was watching this guy. And I completely forgot to mark down where I found this information from. But I will put it in the notes later. So don't worry. We'll give proper credit where, where credit's due. But the rule of thumb is always six to eight weeks before you're intending to put something outside. If you look at your carrot thing, it's going to tell you. Well, if you look at any of these, it's going to tell you like how many weeks it's going to take. Right. So their ideal temperature is 50 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take. Variety wise, like this one I'm looking at just as a sample is uh, St. Valerie. This one is a very old French variety, for example. Uh, We're going to have 10 to 12 inch roots, a lot of flavor, big, large, bright reddish orange carrot. Really, really pretty. Yes. That's the deal with this carrot, right? 50 degrees is the lowest. It's going to sprout in 12 to 18 days. I'm going to get a head start this year on these little boogers. I'm going to let you know how it goes. But the idea is that you can use the peat pellet. But what I'm going to do, because you're right, they do not like to get transplanted. They don't like to get popped out of things because those roots are very delicate, right? Yes. I'm going to get some of my pellets and cut out the bottom part Mm -hmm. and then seed them that way. And then... As they get this, because it's only going to take like 12 to what was 12 to 18 days, keep an eye on them. And when they start getting to a certain length, I'll transport them right into peat pots, which I will then also cut the bottoms out of them. That way I'm just putting the whole peat pot like boom, right into the ground. I'm going to try that because this guy, he was talking about basically this method of uh, attempting to grow them indoors, but just kind of give them enough room and a way that you can very easily transport them into the ground. Because technically, these are ones that you usually want to put right into the ground. So we shall see. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I found some very interesting stuff out about carrots. So I feel like it needs to have its own little mini episode. Since it is a cold weather one, maybe that'll be the very next one we do. I like carrots. All right, so the last one that I'm going to talk about that you can start early is a flower. It's one of my personal favorites because it comes in many different colors and and uh, actually quite a few different varieties. And that is the pansy. Ooh. So if you start them now in zone 6B, you're going to be able to get these guys outside in about mid-April and the weather is going to be just fine for them. They do not care. So I will give you guys a little bit of a lesson though on on this one. Because I, I will talk about flowers occasionally, especially when they cross over into like tea gardens and, and edibles. <laughs> Not those kind of edibles. <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking. Uh, yeah. I meant edible flowers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I could grow marijuana, I would definitely be talking about that. too. I mean, legally, if I could legally yeah. grow marijuana. Yeah, I you can. I mean, I could definitely grow it. <laughs> Not lawfully. Right, I would get in trouble. And I, I'm, I'm actually excited about the possibility of Pennsylvania legalizing it to the fact where we could get a permit and begin to grow it, to sell it to dispensaries. I think that would be a cool thing. Let's, let's take a look at that update. <laughs> How are we doing? How are we doing? <laughs> that's the number. Let's see. Let's see. Sign here to support the bill. I do like it. Just as it's been for a very long time, sitting on someone's desk still. Yeah. 
<sighs> yeah. As of 1018, sitting on someone's desk. Okay, so but let's talk about pansies that you can like eat. Pansies. Yeah. I like flowers. <laughs> uh, so the word pansy comes from a French word, pensé. Pensé? Pensé? I don't know. I didn't take French. I have no idea. Uh, but it means to think or ponder. Oh, pensé, probably. Pensé? They are one of the most popular garden flowers today, mostly because they have very versatile colors. They come in almost every color. They're And they're very charming. And some of them have what looks to be a face on them. Some people might also recognize that uh, violas come with that same little kind of like face on them. And they are part of that group of flowers as well. And their origins can be traced to the early 1800s in Ivor, Buckinghamshire, England. Yay, England for pansies. Woohoo! <laughs> there are yellow pansies. Yellow being a positive, happy color. If you're thinking about cheering somebody up or you want to add some vibrancy to a dull area of your garden per se like maybe there's a lot of green it needs a little bit of something these are great i love yellow pansies they're really really pretty and they're also fun to give to somebody who maybe is recently feeling a little down you want to give them a little present if you feel like the person wouldn't grow their own stuff start some pansies for them in indoors tell them it's going to be the color yellow i think that's fun or mm. if a person likes to garden then buy them some seeds let them do it themselves, right? For sure. Red. Of course, there are red pansies. We all know that symbolizes love, romance, passion. Mm. Purple. Pretty colors. Like I've seen lilac to like a really dark royal purple, which purple's royalty, right? Dignity, right. etc. Again, if you want to make somebody feel better about themselves, go ahead and uh, get them some purple pansies. Boost the old aura. <laughs> they come in orange which symbolizes hope and optimism. A good one to give to someone who maybe just got a job promotion, for example, or something that you want to congratulate somebody for. The blue ones are absolutely gorgeous colors. Um, there is one that I was recently looking at, and it's sort of a pale baby blue with white in it. There's ones that are also like just deep, deep blue, very vibrant, also electric blue color. And that those are a different like blues don't occur that often in plants like that. But pansies, you've got a, a nice range of, of blues in, into purples. Interesting. Blue is one that's uh, it's good for corporate settings, quote, corporate settings, uh, a, a colleague or an acquaintance. Right. If you're going to give the gift of flowers, blue pansies apparently is the way to go. They come in white, purity, virtue. A lot of people will say they have the spiritual connotation for white. Uh, I've seen them given at baptisms or, you know, being raised in a Catholic family. So it was baptisms or confirmation. A lot of times, too, they'll, they'll show up on even the cake because they are edible. So, right, right. So, speaking of which, yes, they are completely edible. Uh, sometimes you can find these guys in refrigerated sections of your more fancy grocery stores but as i said you can just grow them yourself it's not that difficult they're one of the easier ones that i've had no problems with at all that way you can also garnish your cakes with them and your cocktails Ooh. oh yeah Ooh. this summer i'm definitely gonna pair up this beautiful deep red pansy with a particular cocktail i have in mind so that's a surprise for instagram followers i also if some of you have followed instagram i pressed the ones that I currently had were like a 
white purple with a yellow throat interior, right? I pressed those and then used them in the lollipops that I made for my sister's wedding. And I couldn't believe how well they turned out. Like it was beautiful. You can also make a syrup with them. Also did not know that. Really? Yes. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to look into that. Absolutely. And flavored honey as well. And a natural dye. As far as the flavor goes, yeah, they're kind of like a lettuce flavor combined with a touch of floral to them. So I'm kind of curious about if I do also a syrup with them, how that's going to taste. Yeah. And also cocktail wise, because I did I did a lavender syrup for my lavender gin and tonics. So I'm thinking a pansy gin and tonic might be in the works for the summer. I'm in. Right? We're going to have a garden party. Is- yeah. 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 Because <laughs> I feel like we're all going to catch COVID and then we'll all be good for six months. So screw it, right? We'll not have like, a garden party <laughs> over at your house. We'll all be immune for six months. <laughs> Pansies are the flower of February. So if you're born in February... That should be your flower, and it's a good gift to give someone born in February. You're born in February, you damn pansy. <laughs> it just means you think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and they reseed themselves. So I have them in containers on my deck, and they're still there. I don't have to like worry about them. They just reseed themselves and come up brand new every single year. So that's why I say they're very, very easy. Nice. Most of the time, they're going to bloom straight through autumn. I do suggest deadheading them, though. It does, for me personally, I've seen them grow faster, better. I get a lot more buds on them. So once the you know the flower's no good, just clip it. They don't like wet soil, though. They can get a little bit of fungus called uh, rhizectonia. Not a good thing. So yeah. try not to keep it too wet. They don't like to be soggy. There's your little lesson on the best flower to grow at the end of the month here. Yeah, pansies. Right. Dun, dun, dun. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> now, now I want a garden party. I know, right? I said we that. get hats. We should I get said hats. that, but now I want a garden party. Yeah. I know. <laughs> ah, so, as I said, this list right now is intended for Zone 6B, but those of you in certain areas of five and then up into seven can actually do the same thing as far as growing these guys right now if you're in warmer climates then uh you've probably already started your seeds <laughs> yeah so f you no i'm just kidding <laughs> wow okay i'm just kidding it just means i'm jealous because i want to have my garden earlier and people who live in colder climates like farther up north in certain areas of Canada that you guys are going to have to wait a little bit longer. So I'm sorry. That's not my fault. That is all that I currently have today for the lesson planning. Let us know what you're going to grow though this month. I'm going to, I'll start a thread on Instagram. Yeah. Tell me how to keep deer from eating my damn beans. (laughs) And don't say don't plant beans because that's not. (laughs) Yeah. Don't plant beans is not an option. So since I'm asking the listeners to let us know what they're growing this year, Cord, what is your biggest, like, right now, what, of the things I just talked about for starting, like, this week, what's what's grabbed you? Like, what do you want to do? For sure, though, carrots and onions. Right? 100%. <laughs> that's something, you know, I'm going for usefulness right now. So that's something I could literally use almost every day if i had an abundance of them so definitely carrots and onions for sure 
So because carrots can be done later, like I said, you can wait a few more weeks. That's going to probably be our next big topic. I'm going to go into a couple of the varieties that have worked really well for me. Then that way, Cord also learns that information too, because we don't sit around talking about carrots all day. <laughs> I mean, we should, right? I thought carrots are great. And a couple of his- history type things with carrots that I found out that are really one sort of funny. Well, we'll save that for next time. So probably in a couple weeks, maybe we'll put we'll put that one out ahead of schedule so that you guys, you know, we're, we'll get y'all geared up to put your carrots into the, sow them directly in the ground. Sick. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Soil Sessions. Until next time. Make sure if you're playing with your hose that it's in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs>